Hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live, on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and right now with me, we have Captain Karen Hookham, and hopefully we're going to have uh, uh, Wendy Tachihata come on in just a couple of minutes. Very exciting young lady. And we want to uh, cover a couple of things. Um, first of all, the, we do appreciate uh, all the response that we have been getting on Facebook concerning the Hurricane Odell in Baja California, sir. Uh, please c- keep up to date on that. There's some more postings on that. And uh, your help is appreciated. And we do have Wendy. Wendy Tatarhara, welcome to Fish Talk Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome. Well, I know that you just walked out of one meeting, and now you're on the radio, so you might want to catch your breath and uh, readjust. You're now on the radio at Fish Talk Radio. Yes. Can you hear me? We hear you perfect. Great. Uh, Why don't you give us, we got just about a couple minutes before we get into the uh, the rest of the show. Just give us uh, maybe a, a, (laughs) it would take hours, but give us like a 30-second summary of who Wendy is. Well, I'm a, uh, a female angler, started off as a female angler who uh, started fishing tournaments and then worked my way into the fishing industry, uh, hosted a couple of radio shows, done some television fishing shows, and now I'm the national sales manager for Iserline International Fishing Line Company, and I'm also, I also rep Big Hammer Lures. Okay. Well, as soon as we come back from a break, we're going to have John Pomero come on talking about California fall colors and remote fishing in California. You might know something about that. But I'm looking forward on your subject about getting lady anglers involved, not just in fishing, but in competitive fishing. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, we'll be back with you. We're going to take a three-minute break. Wendy, thank you for joining us. And we'll be going to be right back with Fish Talk Radio. Hi, Wendy. This is Karen. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust sport fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust sport fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040, 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Clover Pass Resort, Ketchikan, Alaska, is in the heart of the salmon capital of Alaska. Walk a few yards to the dock and throw a line at king, silver, or pink salmon. Just a 90-minute direct flight from Seattle. You can be in your boat fishing the day you arrive. The calm waters at Clover Pass hold schools of salmon as well as halibut and rockfish. Clover Pass offers all-inclusive fishing packages starting under $1,000. For more information, call John at 877-FISHRAP. That's 877-FISHRAP. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and pargo. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and we have Captain Karen Hookham uh, right beside me. But we do have our very, very special co-host is uh, Wendy Tachihara, and she is not only a lady angler, but she is one of the most recognized lady anglers on the West Coast. And also, we have right now coming in with us is John Pomeroo, and John... I'm not really sure what you do. <laughs> well, I can say that he has beautiful pictures. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I love angling, too. And one of the times of years that it's best for me is in fall, and, and I'm editor of uh, California Fall Color. Ah, beautiful. Your pictures were gorgeous. We're going to get them up on Facebook, too. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It's really a beautiful time in California. And if you live along the coast, and I know a lot of uh, listeners do, uh, they don't see the fall color, but when you get up into the Sierra Nevada or up into the San Jacintos or the San Bernardinos or anywhere where you get a little bit of height, there's a lot of fall color out there. Now, the good thing is, is when you're where you're talking about going, it's always beautiful. But this is a particularly good time of the year because of the the different colors that's going on, and the, obviously, if you're going to be up there, you're going to be taking your fishing rod with you. <laughs> In fact, I sent you a picture yesterday, John, of somebody at uh, North Lake, which is in the Bishop Creek Canyon, just uh, west of Bishop, California, on US 395. And who's out in the middle of the lake standing there but a fly fisherman, of course. Yes. <laughs> going for some, some big lunker that's hiding there in the lake. Right. Well, uh, Wendy, have you had the opportunity to fish in those areas? 
Actually, yes, I have, and I was just about to jump in. Okay. Um, I love fishing uh, the Bishop area. You go into Bishop off of 395, you hit Line Street, you go 17 to 20 miles up the mountain, and you have South Lake up there. But not only do you have South Lake, you've got North Lake, you've got um, the Intake 2, you've You've got the whole area over there, and it's really nice, All the, especially this time of year, with all of the aspen trees and the different colors that they have. Mm-hmm. See, so you don't have to go to the East Coast no, to get the don't. colors. No, you can get the different colors. Now, uh, John, the, the, I guess the difference is on the East Coast, uh, there's a difference because it's, uh, as we were talking yesterday, it's a matter when you go north and south is when the colors change. But, yeah, the but, color drops in, the, uh, in New England and in Canada and the, in the Midwest. By latitude. In other words, it starts up in Canada and descends through the states. Whereas in California, it descends by elevation or altitude. And it starts up at 10,000 feet and starts dropping. Right now, above 8,500 feet in the eastern Sierra, anywhere from Inyo County, from the Bishop Creek Canyon, all the way up to uh, Tioga Pass in Mono County, the color is around 85 to 9,000 feet right now at full peak. And uh, different from Colorado, where a lot of the aspen are yellow, in California they're bright orange and red and yellow and pink and all kinds of other colors. And then you've got these beautiful granitic peaks rising above it and, and great blue lakes there, uh, freshwater lakes that are you know, just all melted snow, nice and cold with big trout in them, and, and it's just a, quite a scene. Mm-hmm. Well, as we all know, there's a lot of reasons to go fishing, and it's not always about catching fish. In fact, for me, it's often not about catching fish. It's about everything that goes on with it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, obviously, Wendy, that uh, uh, you've been there, you experience it, and you've you've fished in a lot of different areas. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about the mountains. And, uh, John, what is it you said you're editor of? I'm editor of CaliforniaFallColor.com, which is on the Internet and uh, it reports from, uh, actually, from this month, September, all the way through Thanksgiving Day on fall color to be seen all over California, not just in the eastern Sierra. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's uh, in their motor home and they're trying to decide which direction to go, this might be it. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about north and south? California is, is there's a long ways from um, the, you know, even uh, like from Crescent City, you know, all the way down to uh, Bishop area. So what, uh, give us an idea about what, what's available in different areas. Well, absolutely. I, you know, the color starts in kind of a spiral action in California. It starts in the eastern Sierra near Bishop, and then spirals north up through the northern Sierra to the Shasta Cascade, Lassen Volcanic National Park, and the areas near Shasta, Shasta Lake, and so forth have, have some fall color in there that's quite beautiful. Then it runs across to the, to the north coast and down through the coast, coast and central valley uh, down to southern california right now southern california the mountains uh, that run from mount laguna palomar and uh, the areas around julian in san diego county all the way north to san bernardino are showing in what we call patchy that means they're from anywhere from 10 to 50 percent of color changes occurred but still quite beautiful and there's some spectacular aspen groves up near San Bernardino, as well as beautiful black oak that uh, show down there. Oh, it sounds, um, my God, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, because there was so much information there. I was trying to write it all down. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you don't have to write it down. If you go to my site, CaliforniaFallColor.com, there's actually an interactive Google map in which you can click on it, blow it up, and you'll see leaves that are, that are green, yellow, orange, red. Uh, and hopefully you don't see too many brown leaves because the brown leaves mean that the colors changed there. But right now we're actually showing some high peak and, and uh, near peak uh, uh, leaves on this map. No, so are you, they turning? They're turning quickly, aren't they? Because we haven't had a lot of rain. Yeah, exactly right. What's happened is that uh, the drought has accelerated the time that the trees uh, show color. So they're, they're starting to turn about the same as they did last year, but they're not lasting as long, right. at least so mm-hmm. far. So, they, so we're seeing the color uh, change just about even with last year, but they may go for a week instead of for two weeks like they did in the past. That's because there's not a lot of moisture in those trees and mm-hmm. in the ground, and therefore they just don't have the life to, to s- sustain the greenness or the, uh, the lime color and have that slow turn. So they're turning a lot faster. Right, whereas in the East Coast, there's so much rain. They've had so much, so it should be, you know, Mm -hmm. go longer. Uh, Wendy, this is a beautiful time of the year to go up there, with, and especially if you can go up to areas that uh, don't get a lot of pressure and you don't find any uh, uh, Winnebago's part next to the lake. What are some of your favorite places, and what type of uh, fish would you target this time of the year? Well, you know, it's funny that you should mention the fish and fall colors because right now we're coming, you know, we're coming into October and usually this is when the brown trout and the, and the big, um, broodstock, um, brook trout get, it's really bright, vibrant, looks like fall colors. And, and, um, you know, one of my most favorite places to go is called Kerman Lake and it's like a one tenth of a mile off of 95 up the Tioga Pass, and the fall is there this time of year should be amazing. Mm-hmm. And trout, yeah. huge trout That's that are in the four pound range that yeah. are bright orange and bright red. Right up above Mammoth, Wendy, you're breaking up a little bit on your uh, on your cell phone. So uh, we're gonna obviously you're gonna be here, and we're gonna have you back in the next uh, segment we've got coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking to Alaska, and then you're going to be uh, helping ladies get involved, not just in fishing, but in tournament fishing. But uh, before we do that, um, we have <clears throat> uh, John. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to be coming up in about a minute or so. Uh, but give us some ideas and tips that you may have of where to go, how to go, and find out more about it. Well, yeah. yeah. In fact, I was going to say about what Wendy just said, that uh, I got the hat trick of Brown, Brook, and Rainbow this summer. So uh, I was very pleased, and that was at Mammoth Lakes, right near Mammoth Lakes. Uh, but I would say right now, for, and for the next couple of weeks, the eastern Sierra is where it's going to turn. It's going to move up to June Lake, which is spectacular in, Mo- in uh, Mono County, about the first or second week. Then it goes north into Plumas County in the Shasta Cascade. Southern California, as I said, is showing, uh, just starting to show in the high mountain areas, uh, and that will show. But, you know, we have the longest-lasting fall color in the United States. It'll right. actually continue to show color up through Thanksgiving Day Perfect. in different okay. parts of the state. Well, John, we have to go, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, we would like to make sure that we're going to put your pictures and your uh, information on, face, on Facebook? Yeah, cool. they're already okay. up. I'm so looking at them. Go, <laughs> cool. Thank you. So go to uh, Fish Talk Radio Facebook and uh, check that out and get in touch with John. Wendy, don't you go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Fish Talk Radio. Bad is better than a good day at work. Bad day. 
is better than a good day of work. Said a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-382-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean modern boats with professional friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep sea adventure by calling 805-382-1612. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. You can't catch fish. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and we have Captain Karen Hookham Mm -hmm. uh, in studio with uh, trying to keep me in line. But we also got some great ladies too. Our co-host today is uh, the I. You know, I I I don't want to sound sexist, but Wendy (laughs) is a very attractive young lady and a very accomplished angler. But and then we also have another attractive young lady. Uh, we have Stephanie Madsen at Sea Processors Association Alaska. Is that right? That, that's correct. It's the at Sea Processors Association. At Sea that, Processors. That mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if you want to go to their websites, it's a real difficult one. It's at sea dot com. And 
That's correct. Oh, org, 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 right. That's right. Okay. Well, I'm sure that uh, Wendy has a couple of questions, but why don't you start off about telling us about the fleet, maybe how many boats, you know, what, what these boats do, where they go, and how is it that all this fantastic food shows up in uh, our uh, uh, in our local stores and, you know, maybe in, uh, you know, some of the... Maybe, or on my plate. Or on my plate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, that, great. I appreciate the opportunity. I uh, hope that uh, your listeners uh, will um, appreciate the information. I represent uh, companies that own and operate uh, 16 catcher processors. Catcher processors are uh, large uh, vessels, uh, and, and 350, 400 feet. We have about anywhere from 100 to 150 people on board. So wow. we do exactly what, we're, what we describe ourselves. We catch the fish, and we process it on board. Uh, our fishery is called the Pollock Fishery. Uh, it is the largest fishery uh, in the United States and one of the largest fisheries in the world. Uh, we catch 1.2 million pound, metric tons of Pollock. So your readers, listeners can do that calculation to pounds. It's a lot. Uh, it's been sustainable. It has been a fishery that has received the Marine Stewardship Council of uh, as well as the responsible fisheries management is a mid-water mm-hmm. fishery. I know a lot of people get confused in crawling and trolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ste- Stephanie? Stephanie, I'm, I'm sorry, but your signal, I think, is bouncing off the moon. Uh, <laughs> and I, there's probably nothing you can do about it unless we try and call you back. Uh, but let, let's go ahead and, and, and keep going, and uh, maybe it'll get better. But go, go ahead, Stephanie. Uh-oh. I think we, we lost her. her. Okay. okay. Well, we get her back let, on. yeah, okay. let's, let's go ahead. Let's get Wendy on. Okay. Wendy? You know, that sounds really interesting. And, I, and you know, I, I this is the first time I'm hearing of uh, Sea Processors Association. And it seems like a really big operation with 16 vessels up to 150 to 400 foot ships. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess they, you know, they sometimes call them factory ships, but. Uh, you know, the, I think the big difference is is you uh, and I have been aware of these uh, foreign country factory ships that come in, especially maybe down in Baja, and they'll find a uh, um, uh, a school of tuna and they'll wrap it up, and then you go out there in your small private boat looking for them, and they they should have been here yesterday because they came and got them all. But this is a different type of fishery where they've been doing it for a long time and they know what to do, how to take it, and how to do it without depleting the fishery. Uh, well, yeah, and it's interesting because um, she did mention that they, they were sustainable, which is great. And do they fish these, the, the pull-up year-round? When, when do they fish them? Well, let's hopefully we get her back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those, the, the areas that they go, I mean, that is, and again, you know, we talk about the, uh, uh, the, the, the deadliest catch. Those are the same kind of waters that they're fishing in. So, you know, I won't, I I don't know that answer, but that's I guess will be the first one as soon as we, if we can get uh, uh, Stephanie back on the line with us. Thank you. Uh, okay, we got her. Yes. There you go. Again. Hey, sorry, sorry, Stephanie. Uh, no, uh, well, you know, I'm a long way away. Yes, you are. <laughs> hey, Wendy was asking me a question, and obviously I don't know the answer. What is the season for what you do? Well, we start. We have two seasons. We have the A season and we have a B season. 
The A season is what we call the row season, where we get the fish eggs. That starts January 20th and goes to April. The B season starts June 1st and ends November 1st. And then what do you do? Then you go, uh, well, then, some, some of the vessels fish Hake, Pacific Whiting, off the coast of Oregon and Washington. Uh, other vessels go to shipyard. Yeah. And what do you do? Uh, I work 24-7, 12 months a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if, yeah. The, if the boats aren't fishing, then we're in meetings talking about the next mm-hmm. year's quotas or the regulations, or mm-hmm. there's always something to talk about. Right, well, give us, give us an idea how that process works. Um, you, you pull the fish on board, yep. and, and then what happens to them, and then what happens to them after that? Okay. Well, we pull the fish on board. Our nets are very large nets, so we have a, a, a we're a, a homogeneous uh, catch. I mean, uh, we have like ninety nine percent of our catch is pollock, so it's a pretty mm. clean fishery. We have two federal observers on board that are monitoring our catch and confirming uh, any kind of species composition or looking at the making sure we are catching what we're supposed to catch and. Um, well, what's going over there? <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we have two federal observers on board, and then it goes to the factory where it's uh, head and gutted and filleted, and uh, some of the uh, other products go into what they call surimi, which is then made into the imitation craft products that people oh, have. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we so and then we also keep the eggs. We send the eggs primarily to Japan and some of the Asian markets. Oh. Um, a lot of the fillets uh, people may be eating at McDonald's or Burger King on the fish sandwiches. Mm. And and even in the freezer case now, you'll see frozen uh, breaded Pollock fillets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all us. Now, the um, fish tend to have different names once it gets labeled in the grocery store. Uh, as, as we all well know, at the commercial, it's like, you know, if you see red snapper, usually just means it's some kind of rockfish. It doesn't really actually mean it's red snapper. Uh, but Pollock, is, is it, uh, is it used under different names? And it, it's a very popular one for fish and chips, isn't it? I think that Pollock is, um, as well as cod. Uh, Pollock is really the name that you're going to see it under, um, unless you see uh, the term Serimi because surimi is a product form made out of uh, pollock uh, that's used in the making of, like, as uh, the example I gave you was the imitation craft. Mm-hmm. So we primarily, um, you know, it's big, very big in France and Germany. Uh, uh, that's one of our big filet markets, uh, as well as McDonald's and Burger King. Uh, and so it goes globally. It's definitely a global fish. Mm-hmm. Well, once you process it, then how do you get it to uh, the stores, to uh, Germany and France and the McDonald's? Well, we bring it into shore, which is really, and, and many of your listeners have already um, listened to Z- uh, Sig Hansen. And so we bring it into Dutch Harbor on Alaska port. Uh, it's offloaded into vans or trampers, depending on when where that product is going. Uh, and then it gets shipped, and often it goes to secondary processing mm-hmm. uh, to do the breading or, or some of the other stuff before it gets to its ultimate destination. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a, 
you know, it, it, it's a whole different business that, you know, most of us haven't thought of. And the amount of people that you employ. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you have the numbers, but I've heard that the amount of people that are involved in fishing in Alaska is a, is uh, something like half the population. or it's uh, Well, I'm not sure it's half the population. I'd like to think it was. But we do pride ourselves in being the number one private employer in the state of Alaska, the seafood industry. And we are really probably the number two taxpayer behind oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are the largest private employer in the state of Alaska. Wow. A fascinating subject. And give us uh, give us a little bit of an idea. Let's just say that uh, Wendy decides she wants to go Pollock fishing in Alaska. She gets on the boat. What's her typical day? Well, it depends on what she does. We have uh, processors that would be in the factory. Uh, that's your typical uh, processing line. You know, you've got your reindeer on and you're, uh, you've got a station and you do that um, until the product is done. Uh, you might work on deck and you might be handling the uh, net or some of the mechanical stuff. Uh, you might be in the galley. You might be doing some of the laundry. Um, you might be an observer that's making sure that we are um, uh, accounting for everything that we are removing mm-hmm. um, and making sure we're following all the rules. Um, or maybe you don't even go out on the boats, but maybe you work in the office and you're looking for your marketing uh, okay. people. And uh, uh, Is this a, like an 8 to 5 day when you're on the ship? Mm-hmm. No. we th- When you're on the ship, it's usually more like 12 to 14 hours, uh, you know, because you're out there, you want to get it done, and you want to get home. Okay. So it's a 24-7 operation, depending on how the fishing is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the attractiveness of the positions a lot of the time. If people want to go out there, they're hard workers, they want to get there, they want to fish, they want to process, and then they want to get home. Okay. Uh, and how long do they normally stay out? Um, well, the trips are usually maybe a week or so, so I'd say mm-hmm. uh, maybe three months. Wow. Hey, Stephanie? Stephanie, I wanted to find out, do you guys in outer California, they're talking about putting um, cameras on the boat, on the commercial boat. Are you guys um, in discussion um, as far as putting cameras on the boat along with the observers? And then what kind of bycatch do you guys have? Okay. Well, I think what you're talking about is what we term electronic monitoring. Mm-hmm. And so they're really looking at electronic monitoring or cameras for the smaller vessels that can't really kick up body mm-hmm. out there like we have you know, room to observe. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Wendy and Stephanie, but it looks like we're really much out of it. Uh, but Stephanie did say that was it 90 some percent of your catch uh, is what you're looking for. There's very little by by catch. That's true. Okay, that's true. We All do right. have some by catch, gotcha. but it's uh, we okay. have uh, regulations. Uh, that okay, we and your website, if somebody wants to know more about it, is the, uh, a real that's- easy one. It's at sea.org. Right, at and sea. it's org. and it's at not the at sign. Okay, at. Perfect. Okay, we got to go. Wendy, stick around. Thank you very much, Stephanie. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan, host of Fish Talk Radio. This is Common Sense Conservation, brought to you by Santa Monica Seafood. 
We have Dr. Lauren Everett. Hello, John. My background in this area deals with what we're doing for the World Federation of Scientists in Switzerland. We work on planetary emergencies. One of those is associated with our dying oceans that I will be chairing in the next couple of months. And that has to do with the impacts of runoff from our agricultural activities around the world. And therein lies the problem of what helps agriculture can hurt the ocean, meaning that the nitrates and phosphates that grow our crops as they run off to our rivers and lakes and streams and enter the ocean, they create what's referred to as algal blooms, filamentous blue-green algae, for example, algae that will produce an acid called demonic acid that is really quite toxic. But the greater effect is that it creates dead zones. It creates a buildup of organic matter that will use up all of the oxygen, and those dead zones preclude any kind of biotic life, whether it's animal or fish living in those areas. What can or should we do? We need to control our runoff from our agricultural activities to make sure that they do not enter our rivers and our oceans. And we need to control our fertilizer application rates so that the amount that is applied is actually used by the plant and not discharged to the groundwater or to surface water so that it can run off and create these problems in our waterways. Thank you, Dr. Everett. Santa Monica Seafoods works for sustainable fisheries. Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. First named La Paz in 1566, the fourth largest municipality in Mexico still has a provincial Mexican atmosphere. On the Sea of Cortez, the most biodiverse body of water in the world, La Paz has year-round world-class fishing. With a rich history of pearls, pirates, and legendary fishing, La Paz in Baja Sur makes for the perfect fishing vacation. Spring in La Paz, you catch Trophy Pargo, Giant Yellowtail, and Sierra. Find more at VivaLaPaz.com. Viva La Paz! Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with Captain Karen Hookup, and we have the... Now I'm uh, Hookup, not Hook'em? Hook'em. You just said Hookup. Oh, I thought you hooked up, you (laughs) said. I'm not hooking up. (laughs) (laughs) This is funny. (laughs) That's not what you said last night. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, the... uh, also, to get serious just for a second, though, is uh, we do talk about Baja a lot, and I've, you know, I've got very close uh, ties down there. And if you could go to our Facebook and see what you can do, uh, the, the worst of it's over. They still don't have power and electricity after the uh, hurricane deal um, in a lot of places. But a lot of people lost their homes, their livelihood, and they can sure use some help. So if you go to Facebook, we've got some different information and ways you can do that. So we appreciate that. Now, Wendy, you said that you started off at a young age um, fishing, and you, one time you were even doing some tournament fishing, right? 
Right. You know, when I was a kid, most Japanese families, they take their kids up to Mammoth and go fishing in the Sierras for trout. And uh, I had always loved fishing and camping. And uh, when I got pregnant with my first child, I couldn't play sports anymore. So I started going to a local lake and started fishing and met met some guys and made some friends. And they uh, talked me into fishing bass tournaments. And, you know, it was, I just jumped in. I just, you know, feet in the fire. And the first year I started fishing bass tournaments, um, I had a partner. He made a pass at me. I kicked him off my team. <laughs> and I, and I, I borrowed boats and finished out the circuit and won Angler of the Year the first time wow. fishing a bass tournament. Now, that is not Woman Angler of the Year. That's Angler of the Year, right? Uh, that was uh, in in, a sing, in the singles division. I won mm-hmm. the angler of the year. Wow! And that impressive. was against men. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And, and so I, you know, of course, then I got the bug. You know, I was hooked. You know, and <laughs> literally, and it, <laughs> yes, I was. And, and, and then so I started noticing that there weren't very many women who got out there and fished. And I, you know, after a few years, I became a single mom. I got divorced. And I wanted to teach my kids how to fish, and I didn't have a man in my life to help them teach, but my dad had taught me when I was younger. Right. So I actually started teaching my kids how to fish, and then I also, and then I got sponsored by company, and um, throughout my tournament career, I ended up uh, um, getting some really big sponsors like Triton Boats, and I got a new boat every 10 months, and um, it just, it just grew, and it was, it was really neat to see So my goal back then was to get more women involved in fishing and to teach women how to take, especially single moms, how to tie knots and how to rig and so that they could teach their kids how to fish and pass on a great pastime. So, Wendy, it sounds like uh, trying to find the passion in fishing for women and, you know, for them to be able to, 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 to enjoy the outdoors, because you have to like the outdoors, first of all. Second of all, you, you, you got to have some interest in being out on the water. Not everybody has sea legs, uh, though that doesn't mean that you can't gain sea legs and, you know, be out on the water. I grew up, like you did, with a dad who took us camping and we fished. And so I'm a I'm a definitely an outdoorsy girl. So uh, I, I love learning how to do those things and most importantly also sharing that with your kids because it just creates more of a family right. well, that's, I think unit. That's, a, that's the whole thing about you know the American culture and family. That's what fishing is all about. Now, Stephanie. No, why don't, that's Wendy. Wendy, why don't you give us some ideas on uh, for women that are interested you know, even even if they're stark amateurs, but even if they're you know they're they've thinking been about it, it. thinking about it, about what it takes and why to get into tournament fishing. Well, as far as getting into tournament fishing, what it takes is like like uh, Karen said, you need passion. You know, it's got to be something that you really love to do because it is grueling. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time on the water, and it's a it's a lot better if being female and you have kids and you can bring your kids with you and enjoy the outdoors with them and, and, and get them involved. And then you can start tournament fishing as far as, you know, as soon as you get your feet wet, you can start tournament fishing 
as like a team, and you can you can go out there and have your son or daughter as your tournament partner. Well, like you oh. said, well, like she said earlier um, about how uh, you know the guy made a pass at her. She mm-hmm. kicked him off the boat, and she was determined. You were determined to not necessarily you know, win, but that you were determined to, you know, catch some fish and, and, and really show them off that just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't fish like a guy, basically. Oh, and it's so funny because it, yeah. I, you've got guys, I'm, I'm out there in the bass boat by myself, we're over at Lake Terrace, and it's a deep water bite, we're in 60 to 80 feet of water spooning, and I'm catching fish, and guys are starting to encroach, and there's a 25... <laughs> foot encroachment rule and and it's just so funny because they don't you know back then you didn't get the respect you get now right exactly and and, and so you know it was a you know kind of a tough road to pave but it's really nice to see that now there are more women starting to get into this industry and in order to make this industry grow we need the women and the children um, to participate. Well, it's really fun. I mean, I, I have to say that when uh, I went fishing with John uh, the first time last year, and I got so excited when I just fishing off the pier catching pompano. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, it's just a thrill. And you have to have the patience. And, um, you know, you have to enjoy the outdoors, not necessarily, you know, it's just it's just another activity mm-hmm. to do and 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 it's an enjoyable activity because mm-hmm. there's a reward right. at the end of the rod well i i, I I'm, I'm sorry Wendy, but i just want to interject i personally think that women have an advantage in fishing in some ways we have an advantage all the time okay <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know women do have an advantage as far as feel and sensitivity um you know when when i was when i was fishing tournaments I, I looked at it this way. Most of the guys that are fishing tournaments are guys who can afford to take the time off or they're, they're in construction and they're during the off season. If it's raining, they're fishing, but those guys have callous hands. Those guys, um, I, I really, when it comes to finesse fishing, I think women are a lot better in finesse fishing. Um, but not only that, they are very good. We are very good listeners. So if we have mm. somebody tell us what we're supposed to do, we actually listen and, you, you know. Mean, you mean it's like <laughs> women will ask directions? <laughs> yes, something like that. <laughs> you know, Wendy, we have uh, occasionally we've had um, uh, Betty from Ladies Let's Go Fishing. In Florida. In mm-hmm. Florida. And she's awesome. If you haven't checked her out, uh, definitely uh, check out her, her website. And, and well, back, back to the idea of, of some of the advantages that women have. You mentioned that they have a softer feel or a more, more sensitive feel. Um, I'm not a patient angler. And I don't like to just wait a minute. Make Do you a, really want me to go there with that? Well, I you know, <laughs> no. I, you know I, I don't see making 100 casts trying to catch one fish. And, and they also... I think it's well recognized that women have a tendency to be better um, uh, fly fishers because you know they they're they're not trying to you know to to overpower it. But we're also really competitive, don't you agree, Wendy? We are competitive. Oh, we are so competitive, and, and you know, I mean, even when, it, it's not just being competitive against the other angler. I'm competitive against the fish. It's me against the fish. Right. Well, and we, I'm, we find ways to be competitive. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, you know, even to me, you talk about some people don't have the sea legs to go out there and go fish. My passion is fishing. I love it so much. 
I get seasick. Uh, my nickname is Wasabi. I turn green. <laughs> <laughs> but I still go out there and I go do it. And, and and it's still so much fun. Yeah, no, it is. I, I, I get a thrill out of it. I think it's really fun. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I have to say I'm not a big fan of uh, baiting. Um, I, I, it's okay if somebody else baits the uh, fish <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, but, but no, I got no problem. I, I, I do have sea legs. I have no problem mm-hmm. being out on now, the ocean or whatever. On Wendy, the uh, with what you're doing more recently in, in California, um, you tend to do more offshore. Is that right? Uh, yes. Lately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. How old are and, your kids now? Um, I have a 21-year-old and a soon-to-be 22-year-old. Oh, well, happy. And boy, girls, or? They're both girls. Oh, oh perfect. Fun. That's awesome. See, you had your calling. This oh, is yeah. it. Can you see? Yeah, these two young And they like yeah. it? They enjoy fishing? They, they like it, but there's so many other things going yeah. on. Oh, yeah, you know, age, right. It's never too young to teach your kids how to fish. Right. I taught my kids. First, before before anything, my kids were tying the San Diego double San Diego jam knot at age three, and were entering competitions at age five, and they won every single year because <laughs> kids A really listen mother. to directions. Yeah. No, but kids listen to directions, and and every single year at the Fred Hall show, the children mm-hmm. out tie. The adult. Oh, interesting. Isn't that great? Well, they've got you know they've got more nimble figures and they can see better. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, Wendy, Wendy we're, we've only got about a minute left, so I don't know if there's anything else that you want to um, uh, to bring up. But we also want to find out more about how to get in touch with you, and I'm hoping that we can put you on more regularly. And oh, sure. I would love to, to join you more regularly. And what were you going to say, Karen? Oh, I was going to say that uh, I'm occasionally in San Diego, so I'll have to look you up. Oh, that's great. It's in person. And if uh, anyone would like to get a hold of me, you know, um, I am just all over the place. You can just Google me and you'll find me. Yep, you can. <laughs> I've been Googling you this whole time. <laughs> okay. oh, well, by the way, if you do Google, uh, you're going to be there for a while. Cause and, I, but, just for fun, I checked in and I think you covered all of the first 10 pages. Yeah, really. And, and just to be sure that our listeners know, to the correct spelling of your last name is T O C H. I-H-A-R-A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's, Thanks, that's it. That's it for this segment, Wendy and uh, Cap, uh, Karen. And you are <laughs> listening to Fish Talk Radio. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at costabajaresort.com. 
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos Delmar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Delmar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Want to make your drive more exciting? It starts with Shell V Power Premium Gasoline. It's Ferrari's choice for improved performance. Shell V Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. The result is the kind of performance that gives you more excitement behind the wheel. Choose Shell V Power Premium Gasoline today and let the excitement begin. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and we do have uh, sitting right uh, next to me in front of the microphone is we have Karen Hook, Captain Karen Hookham, but we also have with us, not sitting right here, but right here for sure is Wendy Tachihara. And Wendy has been giving us some tips and clues, and, and I think actually Karen and... Uh, Stephanie, or excuse me, Karen and Wendy have uh, uh, become kind of, fast and furious well, friends. Become fast and furious friends, and they're they you know they found out they don't need men to go fishing anymore. They <laughs> <laughs> got but, the uh, truth. But uh, anyway, you you do a lot of things, and we talked about your you know one of your earlier careers as a as a very successful professional bass angler, but you have moved you know through different areas. And now you're a sales manager for Iserline? I am. I'm the national sales manager for Iserline. And it's so funny because, uh, you know, when I first was sponsored, I had a line that was breaking in cold water. And somebody handed me this Iserline. And not, back then I was a uh, um, legal secretary for a family law attorney. And uh, I fell in love with this line so much, I was sponsored by Iserline. And then they offered me a job, and I quit my job as a legal secretary. And <laughs> I sell, I peddle fishing lines. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I know it's been around for quite some time. And the you know, the the whole concept of fishing line, I don't think we have time to get into it right now. But it, it's just in the last oh, probably only five years, really. Um, that there's been so many changes and advancements and confusion. I mean, basically, there was mono, which is nylon. And as long as it, it was consistent in, in thickness, which would give you consistent strength, um, you know, there was, uh, 
um, not a whole lot of difference between them, but they have come up with some new chemistry. And then, of course, the microfiber has just exploded. Well, you know, um, it goes back, Iserline goes back over 35 years. And back when Russ Iser was alive, he actually brought on the first um, braided line, which was spider wire. Mm-hmm. And then they, they found that he found that there was this other product that uh, was a lot stronger, which was made out of 100% spectra fibers, and uh, it was kite string made out of 100% spectra. Huh. So uh, he changed the braided line industry way back when. Was, Ke- is it, was it Kevlar? Uh, well, yeah. he started off with Kevlar, but the salt water started eating away oh. at the Kevlar. Mm-hmm. And then so he found spider wire, and then now he has brutally strong. Hmm. And, <laughs> and, and so that was, you know, you know, a long decades ago. But also, he was the founder of First String Fishing Line, mm-hmm. and Russ Iser was a, an icon in our industry. He, you know, built right. boats for, you know, lots of people, and, and um, he, our line, the First String, was um, laser extruded 34 years ago. So it was a consistent um, diameter mm-hmm. th- throughout the line because it was laser extruded. Right. And, uh, you know, so as far as, as line, line has come a long way because right. now there's different formulas. Well, what we'd like to do is next time we bring you back, maybe we can do a whole segment on different types of line and the uses for it. Sure. But uh, we've got uh, only about 30 seconds left, so uh, Wendy, we appreciate that. And, and I, I would suggest a simple way to find more about Wendy is you do have a Facebook, correct? I do, Wendy Tochihara. Okay, T-O-C-H-I-H-A-R-A. And then also just Google her and you'll, you'll find everything you ever, never ever wanted to know. It's amazing. <laughs> and then so we appreciate that. And also go to our Facebook. You can listen to the show as many times as you want on fishtalkradio.com. Wendy, thank you very much. Thanks, Wendy. Karen, thank you very much. We appreciate that, and we'll be back with you real soon. And listen as many times as you like if you didn't get it all. This is Fish Talk Radio. Fishing 